every month. We are joined by the Wilder Institute, Calgary Zoo's Senior Manager of Conservation Operations, Leah Randall, to discuss the amazing conservation work happening in our city and beyond. This month, Leah joins us to discuss wildlife genetics. Good morning to you, Leah. Good morning. I think genetics are in focus so much these days when we talk about, you know, those uh, genetics for us, for, you know, what is it, 23andMe, and we can find out things about our past. So let's talk about it in terms of the Wilder Institute, Calgary Zoo. Why are conservation scientists so interested when it comes to the animals? Well, one of the challenges is that, like, these species that we're trying to care for are often endangered. And what that means is that they typically have these small, isolated populations. And when you have that happen, um, you end up having individuals that are related, breeding with each other, which can lead to inbreeding, which can lead to, like, a reduction in genetic diversity. And so... When this happens and then you, these animals have low genetic diversity, when they're faced with threats in the future, they have little ability to adapt to those changes. So their population gets smaller and smaller. And what can happen is you can end up with this, we call it like an extinction vortex. So some of the ways that we want to try and deal with that, particularly for animals that are, you know, in our care, is we try and maintain their genetic diversity so that it's more representative of what's in the wild. And then there's also the opportunity to do something that's called a genetic rescue, which is where you could take individuals from from nearby populations that maybe aren't exactly the same and reintroduce that genetic diversity so that those populations are much more resilient to things like climate change and disease or invasive species. Leah, I am guessing some of these wild animals are not as accommodating as you might like. Um, So how do you actually collect genetic material or genetic data from animals? Yeah, I'll say it's really come a long way in the last (laughs) few years. So it used to be that it was quite an invasive process that involved things like for frogs, it was quite terrible. They would like take clips and use that but um, you know as I you mentioned you know um, with advances like things like 23andMe um, or I recently actually got my dog's DNA tested to find out what breed she was it can be as simple as taking like a cheek swab so we've, we've actually done that for um, our leopard frogs when we were taking a look at their genetics and it's far less invasive than some of the methods that have been used in the past but for some of our other species um, we use a, a methods. So, for example, for our prairie dogs, we use a small skin sample, um, but genetics can also be collected um, from things like hair or blood samples or even poop. Or I recently heard of a study where they collected um, mosquitoes that had been uh, Mm. sucking the blood of endangered frogs to actually detect those frogs. So I think the methods have like come a long way since then. All right, so let's talk about this because casting a wider net because the Calgary Zoo and Wilder Institute, this genetic information, I'm wondering if, if it's something that the Calgary Zoo and the work you do is shared worldwide now or if you you know glean information from other zoos and other conservation projects uh, under that Wilder Institute umbrella. Yeah, so we are part of um, the Association of Zoos and Aquariums, which means that we're held to a much higher standard than zoos that aren't accredited. So part of that is participating in these species survival programs, which enables us um, to basically maintain the genetic diversity of the animals that are within our care um, in 
basically as a collection of other zoos. So we, we share animals, we share the genetics to help maintain that diversity. So one, one example would be, um, I don't know if you've ever heard of Przewalski's horse. Um, there are, uh, we call them a P-horse for short. Um, we have several of them at our Archibald Biodiversity Center. Um, unfortunately, they're not on display here at the zoo. But um, this animal was actually extinct in the wild, but thanks to reintroductions that have been happening in Mongolia, they're doing much better. But what this has required is that we work with other institutions to help maintain that genetic diversity. And so while they might look like a kind of a regular horse, they're actually quite different. And in fact, they have different numbers of chromosomes. So trying to maintain that genetic diversity and also maintain them free of, of you know, interbreeding with, um, you know, regular horse stock is really critical for trying to maintain that population. It's fascinating. You and your team do amazing work renowned around the world, as we said. When people come to visit the zoo, does part of their admission help with conservation efforts then? Yeah, it sure does. It, it, yeah, it helps with all of our conservation efforts. So even, you know, something as simple as, yeah, buying your ticket or, you know, buying a drink or something at the gift shop, um, a proportion of all of that helps contribute to our conservation work, both globally and here in Canada. Great stuff as always. Thanks for checking in with us, Leah. We appreciate it. Thank you so much. That is Leah Randall, Senior Manager of Conservation Operations at Wilder Institute, Calgary Zoo. More online, calgaryzoo.com or wilderinstitute.org.